Hi, this is Bobby Kamari, and I want to thank you for listening to the Living in Light podcast, where we love to explore some of the incredible ways that God shows up with his love, light, and liberty in and through everyday people like you and me. Today, I'm chatting to the wonderful Jackson Atkins. Jackson is only 17 years old, but I am so inspired and blown away by the grace and the wisdom, the maturity and the understanding of love that this young man walks in. And I actually can't wait for you to hear from him. I really hope you enjoy today's show. I'm here with the lovely Jackson Atkins, my friend that I've known for the last three years, I think. And he unbelievably is only 17 years old. (laughs) But he's so full of the Lord and he's got so much to give. I really want his voice to be heard. I want him to share some of his journey. I want him to share what it actually means to be a teenager in a world that isn't driven by a love for God. How does he live a life of power and purpose? How does he consecrate himself? And how does he continue to keep the fire burning? Because he is such a passionate young man. And even since I've known him, I've watched him grow in passion. I've watched him get more and more radical in the most beautiful way. So yeah, I invited him to come along today, be on the podcast and just share some of his journey. But yeah, without further ado, I am going to introduce you all to the wonderful Jackson. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I'm, I'm Jackson. How are you feeling about the podcast today? Um, interested. Yeah, yeah. I'm excited about it. Um, yeah, speak what's in my heart. And... Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming along, Jackson. I know you had college today and you've come <laughs> straight after your lesson, which I really, really appreciate. And I just know that people are going to be blessed. Um, so I'm going to get you to begin just by telling us a little bit about yourself. Um, like I said earlier, I wanted to invite you on the show because I want people to hear from your heart and you are someone who's got so much passion and so much fire and I think that that can not just inspire but it mobilize people and it can ignite the same kind of fire in others and whether you're young or you're old or if you have been a believer for like 10 20 years or you're newly saved like I actually want your experiences to be something that can ignite others um so first off I'm going to get you to tell me about your upbringing because you were actually brought up in a Christian home Um, I know your dad, I work with your dad, and um, he's such an awesome man. I mean, your whole family is awesome. Um, What was it like for you growing up in that household and actually growing up as a Christian? Yeah, I think it's really encouraging growing up in a Christian family. And you're aware of Jesus from a young age. And there's a lot of input um, regarding relationship with Jesus. Um, And you also grow up in a church community. Mm. Um, which can be amazing yeah um, so that that's what I've grown up in and I've loved um, having Jesus presented to me from those around me um, because Christ lives in them and they live in Christ awesome you made a statement before we actually even started recording about when you grow up in the church sometimes what ends up happening is that you get to know church first before you get to know Jesus yeah. unpack that for me yeah so when we grow up in a Christian family, I think one of the biggest struggles can be knowing the church before you know Jesus. Mm. And it's the church's job to present Jesus to those within it and outside of it. And really going past what is just church culture and encountering Jesus has been something that I think many many people who grow up with it can struggle with. Yeah. And can be confused about or yeah. not know where to go or... Yeah. Who Jesus even is. What did that look like for you? Like when you actually got to that stage where you were like, actually, it's Jesus that I want. Like when did Jesus become real to you beyond just your church upbringing? Um, The first time I can remember encountering Jesus and the Holy Spirit was when I was in year eight. And it was at a church event, but not on a Sunday morning. And we were in a time of worship. And I can remember just... It was the first time I like raised my hand in worship and just going, Lord, you're you're real. Um, but I've had many encounters outside of the church as well, 
which has really impacted me and influenced me mm, 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 in my identity and my mm. image. Were you like, when when you were going through that, even like in year eight and when you had that authentic encounter for yourself, were you at all impacted by other people's journeys, like what your peers might be doing or have you always been after God yourself? Yeah, yeah, I've totally um, been influenced by those around me who, who don't know Jesus and mm. um, growing up I, I, I went to a Christian school but being, being around many people who didn't know Jesus and always wanted to debate things and challenge my faith and yeah. kind of question everything and, and that, that did make me question things and go is Jesus really there does he really exist mm. um, why should I believe in God mm. Mm. why should I live for Jesus why shouldn't I live for the world all of these questions mm. Um, I, I've, I've been through and I've encountered them around me, specifically yeah. from those within school. Yeah, yeah. How, how, how did that impact your Christianity? So like, for example, just in, in normal teenage wrestles, was it, was it a war for you where you had obviously what your friends were doing, what your peers were doing, what, what the world system around you was telling you to do? And then you had what you knew your church was teaching or what you knew the bible said or through your relationship with jesus you knew what you felt was true like has that been a wrestle for you trying to walk through those two things yeah i think early on in school life it, it began with just conversations with those around me mm. um apologetic conversations about the nature of god science philosophy all of yeah. that um and then that kind of moved into a place of what why should i live with faith why should i live for jesus why shouldn't i just go and get drunk or sleep around or do yeah. whatever and yeah. as I grew older that was kind of what became and it still surrounds me a yeah. lot of the time of those mm. conversations of what why not just live for myself yeah yeah have you I mean because you have got such a strong Christian family and what I adore about your family I mean they are really just like it's a family that is on fire for the Lord you know mm. like your parents really are actively pursuing Jesus and I think that that does almost um keep the children on fire as well so because your parents have been actively after the lord and pursuing the lord and actually um giving you such a beautiful example have there been seasons of your life though where you have broken away and actually just lived for yourself or does your parents faith has it been able to kind of keep you quite grounded in your own personal walk with jesus yeah i, I think it has kept me reasonably grounded and your parents are the most influential leaders in your life they're mm. the people you you look up to most and and you begin just out of habit and nature begin to adopt yeah what they're doing so mm -hmm. you might hear i don't know christian music on in the house yeah. and then you before you know it you're listening to it yourself and um it has kept me grounded although there have been challenges and things in the world that have yeah confronted me which has ha has challenged me but also mm. I've grown from them and I've yeah. learned from them and yeah. I've I, I've walked in a deeper place of purity and power because of them yeah can um, you can you like unpack any any of those you don't have to unpack all of those but can you give me an example of something that you might have wrestled with well the hardest thing is usually the expectancy mm. to walk as the world does and to to sleep around to watch whatever and yeah. to um take whatever and yeah x y and z and, and i think that expectancy has been the thing that i've kind of wrestled with the most yeah um, yeah 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 out of all my experience because it it leads you to think and view people and yourself in a way to yeah. what jesus doesn't yeah yeah if that makes sense i mean what comes to mind is i remember when um i think it was about two years ago i ran an event um well, it was Geeti from Billy of Jonah that had actually run the event, but I was speaking about sexuality and it was a Friday night and you'd come along with some of your friends. Um, <laughs> and I remember that, like, um, that really spoke volumes to me because on a Friday night, you know, you would expect, and at that time you would have only have been 15, you know, yeah. um, you would expect a 15-year-old to be doing what 15-year-olds do. Yeah, yeah. But you, even the hunger in you, even back then was that you were making a conscious decision to go after a life of purpose <laughs> and not to do what would be 
um, just normal, acceptable behavior. And, yeah. you know, everyone on a Friday night, boys on a Friday night are just doing what they do. But you were there and you were wanting to be set free or you were wanting to be um, edified and you'd brought friends with you. And I think that's one of the most powerful things that I love about the way that God has created you because you are a trailblazer and you are someone that doesn't just conform. And yeah. what I've seen in you in the time that I've known you is that you haven't conformed. And even when there's been a wrestle and you've had to work it out yourself and then come to the decision that actually I don't want to do what the whole world is doing. I want to do where I feel the Lord's leading me to go or I want to do those things. Um, But that then has obviously resulted in things like on a Friday night, you actually leading Bible studies and youth groups. So tell me how that got started. What was your thought process behind it and how has all of that unfolded for you? Yeah, so coming to that event you were speaking at was a bit of a shocker really. We came expecting there to be a couple of hundred people there and it to be your average Christian worship set and then a talk and then a bit of prayer ministry. And we were a bit taken aback when we walked in and we realised only about 20 people were there and it, it was very intimate and yeah. close. And, and that was great. It was a very powerful night for me and my, my friends who came. And um, about the same time, I, I began starting Friday night discipleship group um, for boys at church. And in this, we'd, we'd get together, we'd have some pizza and then we'd, we'd read the Bible mm. and go deeper in that and mm. pray for each other. Yeah. And it wasn't always easy, and it, and it, but it was amazing. And that really came out of a place of wanting to see those around me, specifically the guys at church, encounter Jesus and get to know him deeper and really grow in relationship with him. And, th- and through that, we were, were able to do that. And yeah. we didn't really have, I kind of led it, there was no proper youth leader, but it all started after youth leaders had talked to me about doing it and then never getting around to do it yeah, doing yeah, it yeah. so I was like right we're going to start next Friday yeah and we started and it was just a few of us but yeah it was it's amazing. grown though like I mean I, I remember coming to one last summer yeah, yeah and there were quite a few um boys there uh how has that been for you like knowing that you because are you older than most of the boys there or were some of them your peers like same age some of them were the same age as me. Mm-hmm. A couple of them were older than me and most of them were younger. How, um, how has that been for you? Like knowing that you're, you're younger or the same age of some of them, like for you to be the one leading it, how has that been wrestling with any insecurities that you might have had? Yeah. Or has it just been actually, you know what, I've been anointed to do this. I, I, I've got a conviction for it. I don't really care what anyone's thinking. Yeah. I know God's on this. Yeah. How has it been? I think it had its ups and downs and me leaving it, um, it was, wasn't easy at times. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's something very personal about someone who's at the same stage in life as them, mm. being able to encourage them and mm. equip them. And yeah, I, I, I learned from it just as much, if not more than they did. Yeah. And I grew through serving and through just leading them in Bible study or prayer times. Yeah. Awesome. And again, like I remember you um, inviting me to come and share at at one of your Friday night sessions and you really wanted them to hear hear my testimony, but you wanted them to really understand about sexuality and you wanted them to understand about purity. Um, So what is your heart? Like what's your heart for your generation when it comes to love and it comes to intimacy and sure. holiness like what do you want for for your generation i'd love to see my generation and all of those around me walking out of a place of of reverence for god mm. and as a result walking in purity and in the power of god mm. and doing that in everything they do whether yeah. it's on the way to school at school yeah on a friday night on a saturday night yeah. at church on a sunday really walking out of a place of purity and power mm. and wanting to see God move wherever they are yeah. and wanting to grow in relationship with him and seeing others around them grow in relationship with him, no matter what they're doing, what they're going through. Mm. Um, that's what I long to see. Mm. And something that's just so upside down to, to what we see in the world, because mm. ultimately the kingdom of life, everything in the kingdom is, it is upside down to what we see in yeah. the world. <laughs> 
it, yeah. in the world you get hungry if you don't eat in the kingdom you get hungry when you eat yeah 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 and, and everything yeah turned upside down yeah. and, and i would love to see people walking completely out of their minds yeah out of passion for jesus yes yeah amazing and but for you know like you talked about you want purity and power all of that to come out of a place of reverence yeah for me i truly believe that purity and holiness and power all of those things i think are a byproduct of an intimate relationship with jesus yeah like you you can't truly walk in purity unless you are with the pure one and yeah. you you can't give love until you yeah, yeah. receive his love. Um, so everything that you literally do comes out of that place of intimacy sure. with God. So tell me a little bit about how that place of intimacy has become something that your life centers around. Sure. I think it's something we grow in and intimacy is so key. And intimacy and rest come hand in hand. Mm. Yeah, the Bible said that God's seated, so he's resting. Mm. And on the seventh day, he rested. And, yeah. and, and Hebrews, it says we can enter that place of rest yeah. um, through Jesus. And being in his rest as a place of intimacy is, is what we were created for. Yeah. It was where we, we, we were created to be. And from that place, we can worship him, we can serve him, we heal the sick, cast out demons, yeah. raise the dead, whatever it is, um, out of that place of intimacy for him. And... Yeah, I, I was reading Luke 24 yesterday and one verse at the end of Luke, which really struck. And they spent all of their time in the temple praising God. Mm. So these disciples have just seen Jesus rise from the dead and then be ascended to heaven. And now they're spending yeah, all their time so worshiping yeah. God. Yeah. And for me, such a key thing. How can I maximize every part of the day to go, right, I'm yeah. going to fix my attention on him. Mm. I'm going to worship him. Mm. And yeah, we're transformed by the renewing of our minds. Yeah. So how how do I renew my mind? How do those around me re renew my mind in everything yeah. we do so yeah. that we're transformed to look like him, to be like yeah. him, to act yeah. like him, to think like him. Yeah, to love like him. Yeah. Mm. So what does some of that look like for you in terms of cultivating a place where your affections are just fixed on him? Sure against the i guess the culture where it is like feed your flesh feed your flesh feed your flesh feed your yeah. soul um how do you stay in that place of hunger how do you stay in that place of mind renewal how do you make sure you're spending time in the word sure. um, tell me some of that i think lots of it does come down to discipline mm -hmm. and going as disciples we need to be disciplined they come from the same word that it is such a key thing and um, but also doing it because we enjoy it yeah and reading the word coming before him in prayer worshiping him we want to do it out of a place of this is this is where we find joy this is what we're hungry for this yeah. is what we want to see happen yeah this is what we encounter yeah it's about who we're encountering yeah. and so cultivating that around me and that in me for me that means or that has been something i've grown in and it's come from a place quite often of just listening to worship and having worship music on and really changing what's coming into me so that what comes out of me is different mm. to those who are in the world mm. it's good do people at your college know that you're a believer and if they do like what is your relationship like because obviously before you were um, at christian college um, sure. sorry at christian school and yeah. although not everyone was christian at yeah. the school but I think being in that environment does help. Yeah. Um, so for you right now, when you're studying, how does this radical life that you are living, which is actually so countercultural, so against the grain, going against the grain, what kind of an impact does that have on your relationships at college? A positive one, yeah. definitely. Um, I think, well, most of my friends, or if not all of them, know that I, I'm a Christian. Sure. They don't always know what that looks like. Yeah very few of them do uh so they like to take the mick out of it they like to kind of joke about it yeah which is yeah, kind of expected but there, there's joy in that yeah exactly and there's there's something amazing about that and yeah i long to see them encounter jesus and sure. then, yeah, them come course. to him and then repent and t turn to to yeah. him and experience his love and his his joy and his grace and his mercy yeah. it's great to know that many of your friends are not believers like I think that's really powerful. Yeah. Um, 
because you get to be so enlightened, you get to share the love of God. And how how is that been for you um, when it comes to dating and stuff? Like, what are you like when it comes to dating? Do you date um, Christian girls? Do you date non-Christian girls? Um, and how do you navigate through the whole dating scene as a believer? <laughs> Big question. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, most of those around me, like you said, don't don't know Jesus. Yeah, and and that's tricky. And um, I think dating is quite a, it's a, it's a big thing in our world, and um, the the world speaks of no boundaries within that. Yeah, and it speaks of just doing doing yeah. what, whatever Be feels free. good and whatever yeah. you want to do, yeah. and that that's not what what Jesus has for our lives. Mm. He wants us to live out of a place of freedom where we can, yeah, come before Him. Yeah, in a covenant relationship and. Yeah. Yeah, come come before him at, in in relationship with one another. Yeah. Um, both representing him. Yeah. And I I think that's such a key big a big key thing for relationships, and um, the Bible says don't yoke to non-believers. Mm. Um, and we're created to be in the world, but not of not all of the world. Yeah. And, and when we yoke from um, with unbelievers, it's it's a lot easier to pull someone down than it is to to pull someone up. Mm. And I think that's something we should all be cautious of yep. as believers and we should be aware that God has a plan but also Satan wants to try and yeah. steal, kill and destroy Yeah, and we've got to fix our eyes on Jesus in the midst of that mm. who brings us life. Mm. I think we've got to remain knowing that Jesus has a plan and Jesus wants us to, to live in freedom mm. and he wants us to live in joy with one another. Mm. Um, and in love with one another mm. although that may look completely different to what the world sees as dating yeah. or marriage yeah. or whatever yeah so would you I mean even literally just for someone who is a teenager or a young adult what advice would you give them when it comes to dating because like you said dating is like standard I mean kids even in school you know like having that relationship with the opposite sex and now obviously same sex um is so common you know kids are almost conditioned to be in the whole dating game from very very young on yeah for someone your age or around your age or even as a young adult what are your thoughts on dating like do you think it's something that is a necessity at this age is it something that you think can be put on hold while you pursue other things like what are your thoughts i think we've got to recognize that if we're not satisfied when we're single it's not going to happen when we're with someone else yeah and um for me that means how how can i grow in being satisfied with the lord and with intimacy with him yeah that the, the things around me are less appealing because ultimately with choices we, we do what we want to do yeah and um how can i elevate him and magnify him in my life so that my security comes from him and and not from being in relationship with someone around me or whatever mm. and, and i think dating's amazing but he he has a unique and different plan for everyone's life mm. he, he he has someone for each of us i believe right and he yeah i, I believe jesus has got a plan for our dating lives and for marriage and he wants us to flourish within mm. that yeah, and to thrive within that yeah and to grow in a covenant relationship between yeah. male and female yeah and that that's completely contrary to what the world shows us but jesus has that for us yeah. and to know that we can live in a place of waiting mm. but waiting mm. for him to bring us into the right time isn't boring Yes. It's exciting. Yeah, good. It's satisfying. Yeah. yeah. We can find, we, we receive life in that place. Yeah, exactly. And, yeah. That's so good. Like so many different things to touch on there. I think, um, firstly, I love what you've said about um, being satisfied in yourself or yeah. with the Lord. Um, because we live in a culture where it's, it's almost as if you don't have significance until you become yeah. someone's other half yeah. or you're not significant until you get married and you know this lie that actually um you need to be dating or you need to be having sex or you need to be married to actually be of any real value yeah um but i mean having said that like you've said unless you are satisfied in the lord or if you're satisfied as an individual you're not going to be satisfied with um, yeah, just exactly. anyone else 
Uh, and I think to actually live a life of purpose in your singleness is what almost acts as a um, a safeguard. Like you, if you're living a life of purpose, you don't need to pursue the things that everyone else tells you you should yeah. pursue. That doesn't mean there's anything wrong with dating. Like I actually think that some people are able to date really, really well. Like really well. I think that... Um, dating can be a beautiful space where you are able to honor and value one another and um, be Christ-like with one another. But but I think that if you're not mature and if you're not walking in purity, that dating will open up certain doors that actually could lead to destruction. Yeah. So I think you have to be mature in order to yeah. navigate through dating. Um, but what I, what I do love about you and... This is definitely another reason that I wanted to have you come on and chat was that a huge reason that you are not pursuing the things that an average teenager is conditioned to pursue is because you are actually living a real life of purpose. And I think often, even for Christians as well, unless you're living this life fueled kind of passionate walk with the Lord where you're going after the kingdom and you're going after Um, more of him more of the lord if that isn't something you have in place then sometimes you're naturally drawn to what you know yeah um but for you you have been living a real life of just destiny if you like you know christianese but um (laughs) you've been going after the calling that you have on your life and you've been going after jesus like crazy you've been going after souls like even like friday night when you came out (laughs) ministering on the trains (laughs) like you you are all about um living for purpose so what what has that looked like for you as an individual to pursue a life of purpose i think it's amazing and um if we if we look at the world around us we live in a world where there's so much worry mm. and there's so much anxiety and yeah. and worry is such a big thing yeah it's it's what the media likes to, yeah. to stir up yes. and, and yeah. we see it all around us people worrying about whatever it is political situations mm. brexit Mm-mm. whatever's going on on around yeah. us people like to worry and jesus actually says do not worry yeah and that is a is, is a command and it's yeah. not a suggestion yeah, a suggestion yeah, yeah, it's good. Yeah. and i think living a life of purpose um looks like what comes straight after do not worry and that is seek first the kingdom mm. And when we seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, we don't need to worry. We don't worry. And for me, if I, if I begin to worry, it shows I'm not seeking that first because worry comes from where we're looking. Yeah. Yeah. And if we want to live a life of purpose, I believe we've got to be seeking him and we've Mm. got to be seeking him and his kingdom Mm. and all that he is. Yeah. And that for me is what living a life of purpose looks like. Yeah. It looks like putting everything else down to go. I'm going to seek him. And in that place, there's so much joy because there's no worry. Yeah. Yeah. Because we know, we recognize who he is. Yeah. And we recognize who he's created us to be. Yeah. And he hasn't created, Jesus didn't come so that he he could use us. He came so that we could live in union with him. Mm. And Mm. it's out of that place that that everything flows. Yeah. It's good. Um, In terms of ministry for you, because you have been... Like, I mean, it's crazy, but you have been in ministry for several years now, whether that's um, speaking in like youth groups or or leading your own cell group and stuff, um, or whether it's going to youth camps where there is so much encounter available because you are someone that does go after things like you're not waiting for the kingdom to come to you you already know the kingdom is inside of you and with the kingdom inside of you you go and you chase um the things of god yeah and whether it's that's you um leading ministry whether that's you going where ministry is available so you having this hunger and this thirst to go to different countries and to go on mission trips and to um, venture into the mission field here on your own doorstep. Like, what is it that drives you when you're going after all this stuff? Good question. I think it's amazing because we get to see the fruit in it. Yeah. And when we seek him first and when we choose to honour him, we we do see fruit. Yeah. And, And that is amazing whether that's someone you kind of mentored on a Friday night, calling you up and telling them about an incredible experience that day, or whether it's 
just a conversation with someone else you you do see fruit from it and that that is something that's that's one thing that is we're not meant to be built on that but yeah it's meant to encourage us yeah and um i've yes yeah, seen a wide range of things happen and i, I think we've got to recognize that we don't create an atmosphere we carry an atmosphere it's good and wherever we go we get to, to bring that atmosphere mm. with mm. us and that has the the ability to change those around us because jesus lives in us yeah and we can live out of that place of knowing that he's in us and we're in him yeah and from there it drives us to to keep pressing in yeah whether that's in relationship with him or with those around us because of him yeah good so good what um i mean you said you've seen loads of things and uh, you mentioned the fruit of you know having someone that you might have been mentoring call you up um tell me some of your most favorite uh encounters or experiences that you have had um as a child of god oh that's a good question um i've seen quite a lot of healing things happening mm-hmm. um last Sunday I, I went out to armenia and that was on a mission trip and we saw a couple of um people who couldn't who had um eyesight problems they yeah. they were healed of that yeah and that was all because of a word of knowledge someone back in the uk put on on the group chat wow and um that was pretty amazing uh one would probably be a few years ago i went out to tanzania uh-huh. and w- when i was packing for tanzania i saw a couple of j john books on on the floor and i was like oh i'll just pack a couple of these so i so i put two of them in my bag and um, thought I'd re- read one and maybe I don't know why I bought two I just I just felt led to bring two yeah and then we, we were in Tanzania and not everyone there knew Jesus and we got into quite a few debates and discussions and it all got a bit heated about Jesus and Christianity and mm. science and all of that yeah and at that time I felt prompted to give one of these books to, to some to an atheist mate at school so I, I gave him this book and he was like oh thank you and he took it away and started like to read it and then the next day I felt um, that I should give another one away to another friend who was also on the trip. So I gave him that. I, I gave him the last one. But now I was like, I don't have any more. <laughs> and then um, the next day I felt that God said, oh, go, go and give the other one to, to someone else. And I was yeah. like, I've already given it away. So I went to my bag and there was another one there. What? And I, I gave this away to another friend. And then I got home and I found one in my bag. And, and at first I, I was I didn't even realize what had happened I looked around and I was like oh someone must have put the books back in my bag but wow. but what I figured out is they'd actually been multiplied and that, wow. I, I don't know how it happened <laughs> I can't comprehend it but that, that's one of awesome. my favorite stories and it's a yeah. bit of a feeling of the 5,000 type thing awesome. but yeah <laughs> awesome beautiful so 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 great um and tell me about um a couple of your most beautiful encounters with Jesus just being with him what are some of the moments that um and obviously you might not want to share because they are treasure yeah um but what what have been life changing moments in his presence for you that have really cemented um who he, he who he is to you and who you are to him sure um last time like i said i, I was in armenia out on a mission trip and each evening would have a time of worship and prayer and someone would share a thought for the day so last year on the 11th of july i think it was one of my um, friends came and shared this little word among the 15 or so who were there and then the holy spirit basically moved really powerfully and we were struck by him Mm. and it was completely I, i didn't expect it I, I, I would more yeah I didn't have the expectation of it happening but God moved in power and it was at that it was that day where I realized who I was as a child of God yeah a few days before I'd been talking to a friend who had, had grown up without a father around her and she said oh I find it really difficult to to see God as my father because I haven't had that around me yeah and that made me think wait I've grown up with a father around me my whole life mm. but I still didn't see God as mm. my father figure yeah and that encounter a couple of days later on this balcony in Armenia was where I really felt the Lord say, you're, you're, a, you're a child. Yeah. And it's only when we see ourselves as a child exactly. that we can see him as a father. Yes, exactly. And it's only when we know yeah. whose we are that we begin to realize who we who are. Who we are. Yeah. yeah. So good. So, so that's quite so a significant good. one. Yeah. We were talking about it before we started recording. You, you really have a heart for people around you and those that you minister to, to really get a revelation of the victory 
you know, that we that we're living from victory to victory. So talk to me a little bit about that. Like, what does that mean for you to be able to walk in victory and the victory of Jesus? Like, Unpack that a little bit. I think it's something we all need to be aware of. And, and it's something that we don't need to, we don't try and walk in victory. Yeah. We just let him live in us. And that's what happens. Yeah. There, there's a, ver- one of my favorite verses is in the Bible is Genesis 39 two, And it says, the Lord was with Joseph, so he succeeded in everything he did as mm. he served. Mm, mm. And and when God's with us, we succeed. Yeah. God isn't with us be- because we succeed. We yeah. succeed because he's with us. Yes. And when we serve God and those around us and we have him and we have him in us and not just with us. Yep. We, we begin to walk yeah. in, in the as prosperous, yeah. as yeah, prosperous Abundant, followers. Yeah followers yeah. of him mm-hmm. yeah. in a life of victory and abundance yeah and i think that's something so powerful because it knows we it, it means we're we're secure in who he says we are yeah and we we live in a culture where everything's blame this person blame that yeah. person i'm offended that this such and such offended me about that and, and when we know who we are in jesus that just and as we grow in that, that becomes so diminished. Yeah. And we no longer have to see ourselves as those around us see ourselves. Yeah. But yeah. as Jesus sees ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. I was reading this morning, actually, um, just in Colossians 2, where it says, like, the whole Godhead is inside of us. Yeah. You know, like, it's actually mental. And I, I was having... Um, like moments of just sheer awe this morning when I was considering like the Father, Son and the Spirit, the Godhead, three in one, yeah. abides inside of us. Like that's quite wild, yeah. you know. Um, but I love that you have such grasp of that and that you see the outworking of that and you desire the outworking of that to be everywhere that you go, you know, like and you that you understand that we're carrying the Lord and that he is in us and we are in him. Therefore, wherever we go, he goes. Yeah. Wherever we go, the atmosphere shifts because yeah. we're taking the culture of heaven. And I know that that probably has a huge, I guess, is a driving force behind you even as you plan your future as much as you can really obviously because the lord is ordering your steps but you know as you're considering like your gap year and stuff i know that you want to do something quite specific so tell me a little bit about what you feel god is saying to you about your gap year or or the near future for you sure um the honest answer is i'm not entirely sure what's going to happen (laughs) and i have a that there's a plan yeah but i don't know what the plan is and, and and that doesn't make much sense, but it's quite it's it's good. the excitement yeah. of it. I think I know the plan maker, mm. um, not the plan. Yeah. But because I know him, the plan will sort itself out. Yeah. And I'm going to take a year out before uni or whatever happens next, mm. and I think I'll see where it goes, mm. and I'll see where yeah where mm. I'm led. Yeah. But ultimately, that I I know that it it will. <laughs> it will come from the word and it will be something along the lines of go into the world and preach the gospel everywhere yeah because that's what we're all called to do whatever that look that looks like we don't know but yeah i love that you that you want that because you know not everyone has the luxury or not everyone has the conviction to literally sure. say for my gap year i'm going to follow the great commission yeah you know that is quite a a big deal and it is going against the grain of culture even for many Christians because I think the fact that you have a Christian family around you the fact that you have a network around you of support that's a real encouragement it definitely spurs you on it helps you to become shaped into the person that you were created to be because you have a life of people championing you to go after God yeah. what would you say to someone in your same position but doesn't have the network or the support, the Christian, you know, environment around them to spur them on. Oh yeah, I would say, God, God sees where you're at, mm. and God knows where you are, and He will work with you as you are. And if if you seek Him, the, the Bible says that when we draw near to Him, yeah, He draws, he draws into, into us. us. Mm-hmm. And yeah. ultimately, support and help and encouragement from those around us is 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 amazing and it's helpful. But we 
yeah, we, we really begin to move in relationship with him when it's built on him. Yeah. And I would say just be built on him, spend time and each day and to just praise him and worship him yeah. and spend time in the word. Yeah. Because yeah. that's ultimately out of those places we, mm-hmm. we begin to receive what God has for us. Yeah. And then we begin to be able to give that out to those around us. Again, that's another thing that I love about you, Jackson, that you are really rooted in the word and it's like your roots go so deep and it's not flaky. It is, you have truly chosen to build your life on the word of God, um, hand in hand with the spirit of God, you know, like doing, like letting the Holy Spirit minister to you, letting the Holy Spirit become your best friend and guide you and and be so close to you so i think that is a fundamental factor in why you walk in the life of purpose that you walk in because when circumstances come or scenarios change you manage to stay rooted in christ and that can really only happen if you are rooted in the word you know so i love that about you and i love that that that's something even when we were chatting about um youth earlier something that you really want the young people around you to be established in yeah um so yeah that that's so so powerful and it's that literally what the foundation of your life is built on um we're pretty much coming to a close so i'm just going to get you to do a couple of things firstly i want you to share anything that's specifically on your heart could be a scripture could be something the lord's impressing on your heart and and then after that i would love for you to pray so whatever you want to share jackson go for it sure um i think one thing that's been really big for me is about seeking god for who he is and not what he has Mm. and so often we can get into a place where we we just want more from God. We want him to yeah. provide more. We want to see more of him. And that, that that's great. But seeking him for, for who he is. Yeah. And for him himself and for his presence. Living out of a place that does that. And, and that comes within a place of rest. And I think mm. for me that's such a key thing like we said earlier. Because when we live out of a place of rest, we begin to grow in our identity with him. Mm. And we God created us as human beings, not human doings. Yep. And we were created to be, we were created to become love. Yeah. And when we recognise that, we we can live out of a place of who we're called to be and not what we're called to do. Yeah. And good. the doing comes out of being. the being. Yeah. Yeah. And and living from that place, that's what I, I believe is so significant. Yeah. And within that place, we can live in a place of reverence. Yep. And one definition for the word reverence that I really like is profound adoration. Mm. Reverence is about adoring him. And when we fall before him in reverence, we the Bible says that all who are wise show him reverence. Yeah, it's good. And that God heard Jesus's prayers because of his reverence. Mm. And when we live out of a place of reverence, and I think that's something we all grow in. Yeah. And yeah, th- there's no end to that. Yeah. We w- That's when we begin to see more of who he is. Mm. And we begin to see more of him in our lives. Mm. And that's what I've found so significant yeah how did that happen though because like I I know for me personally when I when I became a Christian I definitely I think because I came from an Indian background yeah and my family were Hindus and so there's a lot of reverence for God or or their idea of God and so when I became a Christian standard reverence I knew I needed to be reverential towards God Um, and that reverence really set me in good stead because then when I really learned about the grace of God I I didn't take the grace for granted because I already understood about reverence so then there was this beautiful balance of reverential fear of the Lord whilst also being able to receive his grace and his mercy but we live in a culture where actually sometimes Christianity is presented um, it's kind of sometimes seeker friendly. So yeah. the reverential fear of the Lord isn't actually something that's promoted as much as Jesus loves you, you know, his grace is sufficient, which all of those things are very, very true. But yeah. without the reverence, you can end up walking in sloppy grace or you can end up um, kind of treating God or treating Jesus quite casually instead of really understanding that he is sovereign and that he gave his life for us so 
is this reverence of God something that you already like already always had because of your Christian upbringing or was this something that you tapped into because you you noticed that there were times when you were being irreverent and you were approaching him from a place of casualness like how did you even get that revelation was it something that um you you learned over time like I, I think it's something for me I've I've grown in and I hope to continue to grow in. yeah and I think, like you say, it, it's something we, we we struggle to get our heads around because God is a personal, loving Father, but mm. He's also the Almighty God, yep. and He's sovereign. Yeah. And I don't think we can necessarily get our heads around yeah. that, and I don't think we need to. Yeah. But I think they can come hand in hand. Mm. And quite often in the Word, when we see people in a place of reverence, they're bowing down before Him. Yeah. And when we bow down before Him, we what we do physically is we exalt our heart above yes, our head, exactly. above our mind. Yeah. And that's what God did to us initially. Yeah. When God created us, he blessed us. Mm. The Hebrew word for blessed there means to kneel. Mm. And he knelt with us. And um, that that's so powerful and so amazing. And I think it's something I've definitely grown in. I haven't always had it. But yeah. when, when we have a revelation of him, yeah. When when he reveals himself to us, we grow in that. Yeah. That's often what we see as a response in in the words when people have a revelation of God, their instant reaction is to worship yes. or to yeah. praise yeah. or to bless yeah. him or to, to bow, bow down, down before yeah. him. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I think it can only really come out of a place of revelation. Yeah, exactly. Um, but it's like a cycle. So the more we do it, the more revelation yeah. we receive, mm. and it keeps going round and mm. it increases. Mm. Mm. Um, yeah. I love that. I really do. Because I do think that we live in a Christian culture, even where it's almost like reverence can be seen as old fashioned. Yeah. But actually, it is the very posture we have to adopt. Yeah. Because we're so in awe of who he is and what he's done. And sometimes that can get a bit lost when we are receiving um, his grace. And And it is having that beautiful balance of um, receiving his love and receiving his grace but yeah. not taking it for granted yeah. you know um, and I and I absolutely oh my gosh I love the fact that you you have such a such a beautiful understanding of that and I know that all the different people that the Lord's going to have you minister to and serve that reverential fear of the Lord, that awe at who he is and what he's done, for that to be something that you will continuously be sharing and releasing, that's exciting for this generation. I I think you you talk about grace and knowing the grace of God and and the reverence of him as kind of separate things, and they they are. They're united in stillness and in rest. Yeah, and. Yeah, stillness specifically, being still before him. I think that's where they're united. And that's where the revelation of his sovereignty gets established. Because when you're doing and there is a lot of activity, you know, and you're not still, you can get caught up in, like you said earlier, the doing and not the being. And when you stop and when you are still and know that he is God, that's where the reverence comes in. Yeah, um, and that's so contrary to what we see yeah. around us, yes. where everything's about how can I go from one thing to the yeah, next, yeah, how yeah. can I yeah. do this and then do that and then do yeah. this. Yeah, there's a book that I'm reading and um, it just spoke of how literally we're so caught up in destiny and calling and gifts and although all those things are actually important, just laying your life down for the Lord and yeah. decreasing so that he can increase, yeah. like that is actually the life that we are called to to live um right so i'm gonna have you pray jackson i feel like this hour has just sped by um so yeah i'm gonna get you to just pray whatever um is on your heart for the listeners yeah dear lord we just thank you for this this time Mm. and this podcast and we just ask that you would just speak to everyone who listens to this lord i ask that you'd touch the hearts of those who are listening i ask that you'd give them a deeper hunger for you a hunger to know you in the secret place lord i ask that you would increase our reverence and you'd reveal more of yourself to us i ask that you'd move in power in all of our lives 
I ask that you'd, your, your presence would be made manifest to those listening. Yeah. And that they would know your glory. Yeah. And you as their personal Lord and Saviour. Mm. And I ask that they'd just live out of a place of conviction of of you and of what you're doing in them and what you're doing in the world around them. Yeah. I just ask that you'd give them strength and security in you mm. so that they may know you more, Lord. I just ask that you'd bring increase and blessing and abundance to their life. Yeah. In your name, amen. Amen. Jackson, thank you so much. It's been so, so good. Um, if anyone wants to get in touch with you, do you have an email address that people can contact you on or can people follow you on social media at all? Um, yeah, they can email me at jacksonadkins01 at gmail.com or follow me on Instagram at jacksonadkins01. Yay! Awesome. Thank you so much, Jackson. You have been absolutely amazing. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining me for today's show. I hope it blessed your socks off. All social media handles and links from today's episode can be found in the notes section. If you enjoyed it, please feel free to share. You are most welcome to subscribe to the Living in Light podcast. If you'd like to get in touch, you can do that via Instagram or Facebook, or you can head over to livinginlight.co.uk. I cannot wait to be with you guys again. And thank you so much for listening to the Living in Light podcast. Because you're beautiful, so beautiful, so beautiful.